lovely, shiny, happy people. We're on iTunes. Yes. I'm very excited about being on iTunes. We have been for a long, long time. No, we haven't, because our feed views went right up last week when I put us on iTunes. We were always on iTunes. If you say so. We were. Yes. Only because that person that listens on iTunes, hi Liz, did subscribe through iTunes, which works even if you're not on iTunes. She didn't say she subscribes, she just says it. I don't think we've been on iTunes before. We have. Okay. I, I will like, so why have our feed views I don't know, but suddenly shot through the roof? She uses it on YouTube. No, I She's can't. not listening for me. You've not talked to her, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the funny one. What does she mean, funny? Funny like a clown? In what way am I funny? Do I muse you? You must, yeah. Yes, I must. Yes. Anyway, this is Hey Kids Comics, your weekly podcast, just in case you've not listened before. Because like I said, feed views through the roof. Very excited about that. Listen to the Transmetropolitan one. I did that. Yes, Michael did the Transmetropolitan episode. I'm going to come to all that in a minute, by the by. Um, If you haven't listened to us before, we do a weekly podcast about comics. It can be any comic, really. We're not bothered. Um, Yes, we are. Well, yes, it has to be a good comic. I'm not doing that, you. What? You said that's be a good comic, and I refuse to do Archie because you said any comic, and Archie's a comic, and I refuse to do it. Why don't you like Archie? I don't know. I've never read Archie. <laughs> Me neither. So I have no particular opinion on Archie, one way or the other. But anyway, as I was saying, if you've not listened to us before, we have this is now our ooh ten, eleven, twelve, thirteenth episode. Because we're recording so far in advance at the minute, I'm losing track. Ooh, this would be scary, episode 13. Um, the other ones are http colon backslash backslash com. A number of people, well, all right, one person, has asked me where episode one is because that isn't in the iTunes feed and it isn't on the podcast homepage that I've just mentioned. Um, that is because... When I uploaded episode one, which was all about Superman Secret Origin, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Some would say that things haven't changed much. But, well, yes, I uploaded it as an event. So when you're on the aplayland.podomatic.com website, if you click on events, episode one, all about Superman Secret Origin, is the... Advertising your own stuff here. Well, somebody's got to. I'm turning to Stanley. Yes. Don't oh, listen to imitators, true believers. Listen to me. It's the greatest spectacularest podcast ever. ever. It's like <laughs> book length giants. Book length giant, by which I mean twenty pages. Mm. <laughs> Quality. Ours is a movie length. Ours is a movie length blockbuster, by which we mean about an hour and change. Uh, today we are continuing with part two of our look at Marvel Comics adaptation of the best of um, the Star Wars sextuplet. Sextuplet. Is it sextuplet or sextet? be sextet, wouldn't it? Oh, no. Sextuplet is when you have six kids. George didn't have six kids, he just made six Star Wars films. He treats them as So it's story. a sextet. All the mute money you got. You're just, because you're a 15-year-old boy, you're just giggling at me using the word sextet, aren't you? Shh. You're just sat there going, sex. <laughs> Dad just said sex. <laughs> that's all that's amusing you, isn't it? I'm not good at Latin, because I know that's sex. He's also German. It's also German. Yes, sex. Cease. Is it, so he sees French. 
I don't know these furry foreign languages. I speak three languages. British, American, and Australian. And two of them I don't do very well. British and Australian <laughs> speak fluent American. I can misspell colour with the best of them. Three episodes of Marvel's adaptation of Empire. Issues. They're called issues. They're called issues. That's very true. I have issues. Deal with me and my mental issues. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just saying. Issue four, or chapter four, or episode four, or part four, delete as applicable, is called To Be a Jedi. Luke and R2-D2 stand on the marshlands of Dagobah, watching as their X-wing fighter sinks into the murk. They are surprised by the appearance of a strange creature that is either green and wrinkly or purple with long white hair, depending on which version you're reading. Purple and wrinkly would just be wrong. Purple and wrinkly. Yeah, think about that. Um, Luke tells the weird old Yuvum got it. <laughs> Luke tells the weird old creature that he's here looking for a Jedi Master. The creature tells him that he seeks Yoda. What the hell was that? Yoda, you seek Yoda. Mm. Frank Oz has nothing to worry about, does he? Frank Ozzle, however, <laughs> he needs to panic. The creature tells him that he seeks Yoda and he will take him to see him after tea. Everything stops for tea. Everything stops for tea. There's the singing for this week. Meantime, Han Solo and his passengers... Got that out of the way quickly. That's what she said. Meantime, Han and his passengers on the Millennium Falcon are being bombarded by Imperial bombing raids. Han has the ship safely tucked away in a giant asteroid, however, and is busy working on fixing the Falcon. He's interrupted from his duties by a bit of nookie with Princess Leia, but he's cock-blocked by C-3PO. Darth Vader is in the waiting Star Destroyers and receives a communique from Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine informs him of a new enemy, the son of Skywalker, and wants him dead. Vader suggests that turning him may be a better alternative. <laughs> All of this is unbeknownst to Luke, however, as he finds out that the funny creature is in fact Yoda, who agrees, after some coaxing from Obi-Wan, to teach him. We see a montage of shots of showing Luke learning stuff before being finally beaten by Yoda in a who can lift the next wing out of a swamp competition. I was approaching to give you got to read your Well, Michael's singing now. That's just cool. <laughs> I, always, I always think that of Rocky, because even Rocky had a montage. That's what I was doing. Oh, were you? We need Team America in there. 
think of Rocky Four. There's no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. Which is just him driving through a tunnel for five minutes while the film stops for a pop song. There's no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. There's no through the film every five or ten minutes pop song okay just like that although that yeah well I'm not the can <laughs> to kiss and tell we just make our own karaoke yes <laughs> hey kids comics and Andrew and Michael sing podcast you um, sing along too from home yes join in send us mp3s of you singing and we'll include them in the show that's a promise we will do that uh, in the asteroid field, Han blasts off after discovering the asteroid is, in fact, a big space slug's mouth. That's just unpleasant, isn't it? It's <laughs> finding out you were in somebody's mouth and you didn't want to be there. <laughs> Last time that happened, I was in prison. <laughs> this takes them back into the sights of the Imperials and Darth Vader, who has hired some bounty hunters to go after Han and co whilst he concentrates on Luke. Han, meanwhile, has avoided the Imperials by clinging to the hull and is looking for a safe place to fix up the Falcon. He finds Cloud City, run by a man named Lando Calrissian, which is a cool name. Okay. I think if I could change my name to anything, I would change it to Lando Calrissian. Max Power. Would you? Nah, but that's just from Homer Simpson. Get an original thought! <laughs> Robot chicken stealing thieving scumball. How am I ro- what? Mo- Max Power's just from The Simpsons. Is it? Yes. Is this when? I'm sure Homer Simpson names himself Max Power in an episode of The Simpsons. God damn it. You would Simpsons have to ask your brother. Dead. Simpsons did it! Given that um, your brother seems to watch The Simpsons on a non-stop loop. Johnny Quick. I'm sure Johnny Quick's been used before as well. But we don't want to talk. Lando Calrissian's been used before. Supreme Awesome. <laughs> yes, I, we will call you Supreme Awesome from now on. You're right there, Supreme. You know, that makes you sound like a pizza. <laughs> Or a 70s disco band. (laughs) Oh, dear me. He finds that Cloud City is run by a man named Lando Calrissian, and they float away with the garbage, and as the Imperial fleet jumps to hyperspace, the Millennium Falcon takes off unmolested. Mm -hmm. However, unknown to Han and company, a mysterious ship follows them. What do you have to say about this issue, young Michael? (laughs) Apart from giggling because I've used the word sextant. That's almost sextant. No, forget that. What are your notes? On page 64, panel 1, the Star Destroyer is shooting lasers, but it says they're shooting bombs. Well, I think that's just artistic license. Because in in the film, isn't it Thai bombers that are bombing? Han and Luke. Yeah. Han and Luke. Luke's not there. It's Han and Leia. Thai bombers are fine. Yes, Thai bombers. The, the clue's in the name of the <laughs> ship, one would imagine. Yes. Uh, but perhaps they didn't know about Thai bombers in the adaptation because there are no Thai bombers in this scene at all. I think there is, actually. Well, show me a Thai bomber. Previous issue. Oh, my centre pages have come out. No, they're not the regular TIE Fighters no, in the previous issue. Back, so. back in the asteroid field bit. At least I think I saw one. Yes, you are absolutely correct. There was one TIE bomber in the last issue, but at no point does it bomb. Maybe it crashed into an asteroid. Maybe it did. Maybe that's, that's very true. Very a real true. pain in the asteroid. A pain in the asteroid. 
Um, the big space slug thing is not shown, just like the one. Do you think they learned the lesson from Jabba the Hutt in the first film? First adaptation, sorry. Whereas if they show something, then they're kind of stuck. And also, when he hires the um, bounty hunters. The bounty hunters. It reminded me of a minigame in Lego Star Wars 2 and you had to play as Boba Fett and Toilet Paper Face and the other. Which one's hunters. Toilet Paper Face? <laughs> Dengar! <laughs> he's not Toilet Paper Face, he's Toilet Paper Hat! And Bosky Bosk. Bosk, I like Bosk. That's Bosk. <laughs> I like IG88 as well. Dengar, you want a guy to see an agreement? Get me Oh, shut <laughs> up, Family Guy boy. Oh, that's robot chicken boy. And it's like you played as them and you have to go and hunt people down. And in one of them, you had to hunt down Han Solo in the Moss Ice to Cantina. And did he blow you away? No, I shot him. Han Solo shot. You shot Han Solo? Yeah. Han shot first. No, but with Fetter shot first and he killed. Oh! You can't kill Harrison Ford, that's just not right. No, I claimed a block that kind of looks like him. Speaking of them not knowing what things were going to look like before they drew the comic book adaptation. Yeah. The paperback book that I have has a Yoda that is purple and skinny with long white hair. Oh, yes. However, the super special has a Yoda that is green and pudgy and looks a lot more like the one in the film. Now, again, as we say, I assume Al Williamson had not seen pictures of Yoda when he drew the adaptation, but the lead time between the publication of the monthly comic meant that they could change the art. It's quite interesting, though, that, that they didn't stick with their version of Yoda and they did actually change the artwork. Why? How is it different in the other one? Alright. Huh. Never noticed that. I've not read this Oh, you've not read my paperback. Okay. See that? Yoda's completely different, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Um, looking on Star Wars Wiki, the publication date of the paperback is given as May 1980, whilst the Super Special has a more nebulous publication date of Spring 1980. Interestingly, in the novel, he's described as being blue. Okay. Which is, so there's three different descriptions of Yoda. Fair enough. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I know a lot of people. Not quite as interesting as the bit in Star Wars where we leaf through script books for 45 minutes. No. No. I cut that down to two minutes in the show. The Han and Leia scenes are a lot shorter in the comic than they are in the film. Which I thought was interesting because dialogue scenes, the comic book adaptation normally fleshes the dialogue out more. If this is the first time the Emperor has told Darth Vader about Skywalker, then why is Vader already hunting for him? Oh. Excellent. Good. I'm glad I have you on the show. <laughs> it has to be said. One theory, one fan theory, right. has it that Vader already knows and wants Luke for himself, which is why he suggests turning him to the dark side rather than killing him. He wants Luke as his apprentice, following the rule of two set down for the Sith in the prequels, and then they will overthrow Palpatine together. Um, I really doubt George Lucas had this in mind at this point, as apparently it was writer Lee Brackett's idea to make Vader Luke's dad. Okay. George allegedly didn't like the idea, but Lee Brackett convinced him that if it went down badly and the audience didn't like it, come the third film they could just say that Vader lied. Right, okay. But they ultimately decided to, to go with that version of the story. So they could have pulled a Quisada. They could have pulled a Quisada, yes, and that never happened. As a kid, the gas masks and weapons Han was in the asteroid field, along with a bag and a destroyed C-3PO for Chewbacca to carry, were not available in the shops, and you had to send off for them. To get your own. Yes, and I did. did and it was a little plastic gas mask that sat on your figure's face, like and a little plastic bag that you could dump the three pure figure in, you know, that you could pull the arms and legs off yeah. and put it on Chewbacca's back. 
That was cool. <laughs> As a kid, that was very exciting. Right, okay. Little Star Wars accessories that you got in the post. I remember my Star Wars accessories. I kept them all in the pencil case until Mum threw them all in a box. Oh, and never your Mum probably had a girly strap about something. The chronology of Empire has always made very little sense. Even in the comic, it seems like Luke spends a lot of time with Yoda, especially thanks to the montage scene during his training, which is a lot longer in the comic than it is in the film. There's loads of stuff in the montage that isn't in the movie. Well, to show it all would take far too, too well, much Well, yeah, I can understand why they cut it. Montage. Yes. A montage! <laughs> oh, actors. Oh, only they can save the world. Um, and not a lot of time passes for Han and Leia. I mean, how long are they in the Minox mouth? It's not a Minox mouth, is it? The big slug's mouth. How long are they in that? Never says. No, well, they could be there for months, I suppose, before they notice that it's a mouth. There's a big deal in the comic made of Luke cutting a long, thin object into seven pieces before it hits the floor that's not even mentioned in the film, but it is in the novel. Because he's a ninja. Yes. Ninja Jedi. Ninja Knight. Boba Fett has more lines of dialogue in two panels in this comic than he does in the entire film. Um, He has a conversation with Darth Vader, doesn't he? Yeah. Given a free hand, I've never disappointed anyone, except those who hoped to escape me. You are free to use any methods necessary, but I want proof. No disintegrations. Understood. Now about the reward. Just how substantial will it? And that's that's his lines of dialogue. There's more, though, than he says in in both Empire and Jedi combined. He says, as you wish, when he says no disintegrations. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Isn't that all he says in Empire? As you wish. Speaking of which, Boba knows about Han's float over the garbage trick as he pulled a similar trick on Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones. Do you like that? It's the same as the bang in the head thing, really. Yeah, it's a bit too nudge-nudge-wink-wink for me. Yeah. I like that Boba Fett just knew about Han's trick because Boba Fett's cool and smart. And then, thanks to the prequels, he wasn't that cool or smart. He was just a trick that he'd learned off Obi-Wan. So you prefer it as the kind of person who would shoot down Han Solo? Yeah. Fair enough. But Han ultimately shot first. In fact, Han shot only. As we keep pointing out. Unless you're playing Lego Star Wars 2. Unless you're playing Lego Star Wars 2. In which case, I win. (laughs) Uh, This was issue 42 of the regular Star Wars monthly series by Marvel Comics. It has a cover of Boba, Bosk and Dengar, three of the bounty hunters. For some reason, Boba's wearing white. Um, they're all just standing around, aren't they? It's IG-88, aren't they? Which is... Uh, no, IG-88 doesn't rate a cover, apparently. Which is quite unfortunate. He's not even on that splash page. He's not even on the splash page, no. The splash page of the issue, again, has the bounty hunters and a shot of Luke watching his X-Wing sink. And again, it's better than the cover. I think that's a much more dramatic cover than three people standing around. Didn't we spend an hour and a half slagging off Superman's Secret Origin back in episode one that was covers of three people standing around? I mean, granted, Boba Fett, Dengar and Boss look a lot more interesting than Marpar Kent and some demon-eyed child. So you, you were slagging off the covers. I was just slagging off Gary Frank's art. Gary Frank's a great artist, except when he's Not drawing anymore. people that look like they've got dead shark eyes. Okay, Supreme Power was good at life. Supreme Gower was good as far as you're concerned, because there was lots of nudity in it. Shh. As a 15-year-old boy, you probably found that quite exciting. Shh. <laughs> Don't tell everyone. Oh, I'm not about to tell everyone, only the thousands of people that listen to our podcast. Thousands. Thousands. <laughs> Oh, we wish. Unless I'm gathering the same dude's house. 
thousands of people gathered in one person's house and they'll listen to it together. I love that idea. We have listening parties. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, cult. We're a what? A oh, a cult. All oh, right. Brilliant. Uh, the extra page of art that appears in this issue is a full page splash Ooh, yet again so there's more of it yes it, there's one more or less every issue I think there's only the first issue uh, again it's very pretty although there's far too many planets that are close to each other which seems to be the only flaw I can find in Al Williamson's work mm. he has too many planetary bodies in orbit of each other um, you're not missing anything if you want to read the paperback of the super special but it's a it's a, a pretty cool piece of art better than the Atat one do you think no no okay fur dues yeah, that, was cool. yeah, that one was pretty cool. That's just it has to be said. Chapter 5, unless you have anything else to say. Okay. Chapter 5 is called Betrayal at Bespin. The Falcon arrives at the Cloud City, a Tabana gas mine. There they meet its owner and old friend of Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, apparently former owner of the Millennium Falcon. He promises to get the ship fixed and offers hospitality whilst they stay. They did a trilogy of Lando Calrissian novels in the early 80s which I read by a bloke called L. Neil Smith. Lando Calrissian and the Star Cave of Thon Boca was one of them. Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sheru was the other one. And I can't remember the third one for the life of me. I'm sure it'll be on Wikipedia or something. They're actually pretty good then. And the three Han Solo novels were good as well. Han Solo at Star's End, Han Solo's Revenge and Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. I read all three of them as well. Indiana Jones and the Lost Legacy. It does sound like an Indiana Jones film. Yeah. I'll give you that. Indiana Jones at Star's End. Mm-hmm. That doesn't quite sound like an Indiana Jones film. It was fighting aliens in that bad nightmare we all should. <laughs> that would be Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. 3PO wanders off and is blown to pieces. <laughs> Lando shows his true colours and betrays the Star Warriors to Vader and Boba Fett. On Dagobah, Luke has an Oedipal confrontation with Darth Vader and then has visions of bad nastiness. Yoda tells him that it is the future he sees. Mm. Because Luke is an impetuous youth, he leaves for Bespin the next day, despite warnings from both Yoda and a spectral Obi-Wan. As he leaves, Yoda says the Jedi have another hope. On Bespin, Han is tortured by Vader for no reason than the Dark Lord likes the sound of his screams, and Lando tries to apologise. He tells them Vader doesn't want Han or Leia, but some kid called Skywalker. Han punches him. Vader decides that he will freeze Luke in the carbon freezing chamber for transport to the Emperor. When Lando says that it may kill him, Vader decides to test it on Han Solo. Han is frozen after proclaiming his fondness for Princess Leia, and all looks bleak for the rebellion. However, a new hope arrived, you see what I did there, in the shape of Luke Skywalker, who stalks through Cloud City looking for his friends, not realising... It's a trap! Sorry, that's the wrong film, isn't it? It's a trap.
What do you have to say about issue 5, young Michael? That splash page, Betrayal at Bespin, the splash page of the Falcon approaching Cloud City. The back of the Falcon looks a bit wonky to me. It does, actually, yeah. It doesn't look like it's on... What's his name? But that splash page is very, very similar to a scene from an episode of the original Star Trek called Geek Credentials Alert, The Cloud Minders, where the Enterprise goes to, you've guessed it, a cloud city. I don't know if George Lucas watched that episode of Star Trek. It may just be coincidence. Sorry, I'm going to fight with one. Good. What else? Um, on page 82. Your page 82? Yeah, my page 82. Of the a long time ago trade paperback. Oh, for. Yes. Who's that? That does look like Jabba the Hutt. On page 3 of Betrayal at Bespin, in the bottom panel, panel 4, that does look like Jabba the Hutt from the um, Star Wars adaptation. Which is nothing Sir Jabba may not have visited Cloud City. We didn't know at the time he didn't move his lardy ass off Tatooine, did we? Maybe all Boba had to do was just fly around the corner. Yeah, well, yeah, that's very true. The tree in Dagobah was in Clone Wars. I think Qui-Gon takes action. Does he? In episode of Clone Wars? Yes. Which one? The good one, not the new one. Oh, the Gwendy Tartoski series. Mm -hmm. He takes him to Dagobah to go into that tree. Yeah. So Anakin knows about Dagobah. And says the exact same things Yoda says to Luke. So and doesn't ever know. think of going there and looking for no. Yoda. It's like, uh, Anakin goes, what's in there? Only oh, what you take, take with you. you. I don't remember that. I like the Clone Wars series, the 3D one. Uh, the I've one just watched one. a great episode where okay. R2-D2 has to save the day. Yes. Yeah, I think you said it's called R2 Come Home or R2 Go Home or something like that. It's the penultimate episode of season two. And... Mace Window, who got thrown out the window. <laughs> Never get bored of that joke. Um, and Anakin get trapped under some rubble. And R2-D2 has to save the day because they've been hunted by a bounty hunter and Jango Fett, who's still a kid. Um, they're going to hunt down and kill Mace Window because he killed his dad. Django. No, not Jango, Boba. Because Boba's dad was Jango, wasn't it? Jango! Boba. Boba. <laughs> Boba. Just kind of goes, ah! He does, he gets blasted, and then Chewbacca finds him. And yeah, there's no Ugnaughts in this issue at all, are there? Are there any Ugnaughts in issue six? I don't think so, no. You don't think so? No, no, it doesn't look like there are, does it? Wow, poor Ugnaughts, stiffed. Uh-huh. They're big, big appearance, they're not in any other Star Wars films, and they don't get in the comic book. Nope. That's, um, that's quite distressing, that, isn't it? It is. On my page 86, panel one. It was so cool knowing that Dagobah, the little funny red and white mushrooms. I've no idea why it just was. <laughs> well, why do you think Yoda's so happy all the time? Because <laughs> he eats those funny little red and white mushrooms. He's so fun. Actually, in comparison to Yoda, those funny little red and white <laughs> mushrooms are huge. 
<laughs> Maybe like a koala. Do you know why koalas are happy? Because of the drugs. Because they the eat plants. eucalyptus all the time, which is a drug. So basically, koalas just eat, sleep, and get high. Well, koalas don't have a tax, so they can grow their own. Well, and that as well. So, so maybe Yoda's the same as a koala, but maybe he just lives off those funny little large <laughs> mushrooms, and he's just generally happy most of the time. Mm, that's why I live here. Yes. <laughs> mushrooms are free. Mm. Why didn't I search? It was Dagobah. Naturally, they grow up on our planet. Mm. <laughs> taxed, taxed they are not. Mm. Dantooine, <laughs> Dantooine. <laughs> you're going to live on half, are you? Given the choice. Unless you're an Eskimo. <laughs> Crystallite. <laughs> and Han's torture is a lot more effective in the film than this, since you couldn't see anything in the film and you could only hear his scream. Well, you don't see Princess Leia's torture either, do you? She gets in tortured. the film, in Star Wars. The door just shuts, and that's, okay. that's all you hear. Whereas in the radio series... There's an entire 20-minute episode devoted to Vader torturing Princess Leia. Okay. Which is actually quite harrowing, and I understand got lots of complaints in America when it aired on NPR. I don't know if it got complained at all when it was on the BBC. So we don't take any of this seriously. Yeah, we, we, don't, we, we don't care, do we? You like to think we're a bit smarter than believing that aliens really invade, like when... Um, yeah, War of the Worlds. Orson Welles did that, yeah. yeah. But we're not. No. When that Ghost Hunters thing was on BBC in the <laughs> yeah. 80s, we fell for that, but people wrote in and complained. That do, you have no, no so the moral of this story is feelings and emotions. people are stupid all over. Pretty much. This is the moral of this tale. Yeah. <laughs> Except people who listen to our show, we think you're dead smart. And certain other people in the world. Yeah, there's a couple of other people. Stephen that, Hawkins. Stephen Hawkins is, is probably a bit bright, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Hawking almost died last year. All they had to do was uh, turn him off and turn him back on again. <laughs> a lot of the art in this is recognisable as stills from the film, but Al Williamson does it in such a way that it's neither glaring nor obvious. Current Marvel irritate me for that, using photo reference to the point where it's cack. Greg Land does it a lot, doesn't he? Who? Greg, he drew X. He drew Nightwing for a while. Okay. After Scott McDaniel. Okay. irritates me it's not as obtrusive in this for some reason maybe because it's actually based on a film so you don't mind photo reference as much mm. as making Peter Parker look like Jason Priestley oh. you don't know who Jason <laughs> Priestley is no 90210 no you're always singing that 90210 me Ten years on the air. Nope. Shannon Doherty. Nope. Luke Perry. Nope. Jenny Garth. Nope. The dopey blonde guy who seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh yeah, I totally know him. <laughs> Ian Zierling. No. No, he was Ian, wasn't he? He wasn't Ian. What a pretentious <laughs> Ian Zierling. Ian. Ian. You'd call him Ian just to enjoy you, wouldn't you? It's Ian, you fool. <laughs> no, Megan Fox is married to Brian Austin Green. Who was also in Terminator. Andy's Metallo in Smallville. Everything comes back to comics. Yeah. True story, swear to God. Um, I love this issue. I thought this was a really fast-paced issue. Sped by. There's quite a bit of dialogue in and around Cloud City that's not in the film. So whether or not Goodwin made this up, or it was stuff that was scripted and cut, I have no idea. Um, again, the novel's quite workmanlike in this respect. Uh, Han being out in Carbon Freeze 
was necessitated by actor Harrison Ford's contract. Ford was the only one not under contract for three films. Rather, he negotiated on a film-by-film basis, which is why he's not in Splinter of the Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster. Splinter of the Mind's Eye was a treatment, a possible treatment for a low-budget sequel to Star Wars had Star Wars not become the global phenomenon that it did. Okay. When it did become hugely influential and money spinning, yep. George asked Alan Dean Foster to turn it into a novel, and it was the first post-Star Wars expanded universe novel. It's actually really good. Okay. It centres mostly on Luke and Leia and Darth Vader, because it doesn't matter who's under Darth Vader's mask, and Hamill and Carrie Fisher were both under contract for a sequel, whereas Harrison Ford wasn't. Splinter of the Mind's Eyes worth reading. Very worth reading. I loved that when I was your age. In fact, a lot younger than you. Okay. I've only been about 10 or 11 when I read Splinter. I think I've still got it. I think it's on this bookshelf somewhere. Putting Han in Carbon Freeze eliminated Ford if the price got too high. Fortunately, in between Empire and Jedi, Harrison Ford hit it big as Indiana Jones, again working with George Lucas. So he probably felt it best to keep in with his boss and do another Star Wars picture. The colouring in yours... Yes. On the page where Han Solo, just before he gets put into carbon, makes him look like he's got blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, look at that. I mean, the colouring on mine's not quite as bad as that, because well, it it's darker. It makes him look like he has green and blonde hair. No, it just makes it look like there's light. Yours makes him look like he's blonde. I don't think a blonde Harrison Ford would work. Somehow. I don't know. Anyway. But maybe not now. He's nearly blonde now. He's grey. Han and Leia's, I love you, I know, scene is a lot less mushy in the film. Uh, again, Harrison Ford's ad libbing. Harrison Ford changed all of that. Did it? Yeah, Harrison Ford changed all the dialogue, though. All of that is scripted. Oh, Han, Han, I love you. I couldn't tell you before, but it's true. Just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. Han thought that was stilted. Han, <laughs> mixing the character with his actor. Ford thought that was stilted and wooden, and he okay. changed it. He improvised that on set, which yeah. annoyed Carrie Fisher no end because she'd learned the script. Yeah. That's in Once Upon a Galaxy, the making of The Empire Strikes Back by Alan Arnold, which is on that bookshelf, though. Okay. Right in front of me. I read a lot of Star Wars material as a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. This issue was number 43 of Star Wars and follows the exact same pattern as the previous four. Uh, the cover, Han and Co. squaring off against Lando Calrissian's men. The cover, Han and Co. squaring off against Lando's men, is not as good as the splash page. Lando and company, including Lobot, over a nice shot of Cloud City. Lobot is the bald guy with the funny little wraparound electric things on his ears. Lobot's cool. Is he the one who goes... Yes, what's up, <laughs> Yes, that's Lobot. Lobot doesn't speak in the film either, does he? No. No, I don't I think a, that he did. I have a Lego Lobot. The uh, yeah. Lego Lobot. Uh, all of the covers for the adaptation of Empire haven't been as dramatic or as interesting as the covers for the adaptation of Star Wars. You can argue a case that they're better artistically, yeah. but not as visually exciting. I mean, there's none of the 70s melodrama of the Star Wars ones on any of these, is there? No, Swing that lightsaber, Ben! <laughs> oh, we're finished! Yeah. That's just classic. <laughs> and that's none of that on the covers of Empire. They're very muted. Yeah. and uh, underplayed. The additional page of art to pad the issue out to the correct page number is actually relevant to the story in this case. The, the only one that is. In it, Luke is clearly suspicious that there's no Imperial Welcome Committee, but presses on. In the film, he just kind of ignores that a bunch of Imperials aren't waiting for him already. The page not being in the story, again, doesn't affect it, but it does make Luke seem more canny and less naive. Do you like that inserted page? 
didn't notice. Oh, because did you only read a long time ago? Yeah. So you didn't notice that there was extra pages of art? Nope. You just don't do your research. The level of research that you've come to expect from this show. I'd search the Thursday early warning system to see if it was real. And I went to check if Ravenscar was real, but Mum did that anyway. What's that got to do with the Empire Strikes Back? It's not, but you're dissing my research. Because the Empire Strikes Back is real. All that stuff you looked up, nuclear facilities, food, believe in them. Empire Strikes Back's real. I'm telling you. Yeah, if, if you say so. Did you like the cover? The cover? Yes. You know, the front page of the comic that attracts yeah, really? your eye. Hmm? You going to buy the comic? Hmm? You going to read the comic? Hmm? Is there a twist in the story? Are you listening to this, Gary Frank? <laughs> I don't think Gary Frank listens to our podcast. But if he does, I think you're great. <laughs> oh, dear me. He was good when he was on the Hulk.
chapter six is called Duel a Dark Lord. They're good, these titles. Oh, dear. I quite like that. Duel a Dark, a Dark, Dark Lord. Ah, a Dark Lord of the Sith. Duel, I say, we'll duel right here. Duel on Bespin in the day. And at night as well. <laughs> that's another little trivia thing that's actually pretty cool. You can sing a spoonful of sugar to the Darth Vader theme. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Makes the medicine go down. Makes the medicine go down. Diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, the people who don't like our singing are going to hate this episode. <laughs> and the people that like it are going to love this episode. There is no middle ground. No. But if you're not ready for it, your kids are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a sucker for Back to the Future references. Chapter 6, as we've already established, is called A Spoonful... No, it's called <laughs> Duel the Dark Lord. Lando confirms that Han is in fact alive and in perfect hibernation. It's alive! <laughs> and Vader tells Fett to take him to Jabba the Hutt. He orders the chamber reset for Luke Skywalker and that he is to be allowed up here unmolested. Yeah. Luke, meanwhile, sees Han frozen in carbonite and opens fire at the troopers and Boba Fett, but they prove too much for him. He heads the other way and sees Leia being escorted by troopers. She tells him that it's a trap! Well, wrong film again. But the warning comes too late. A door shuts, separating him from R2, and before him looms a sinister Darth Vader. Lightsabers ignite, and a battle is joined. Meanwhile, Lando has had a change of heart and frees the captive Leia and Chewie. Chewie thanks him by nearly choking him to death. He says there's still a chance to save Han. The quartet set off and are quickly joined by R2-D2, but arrive too late to stop Boba Fett from leaving. They head to the Falcon. Back in the carbon freezing chamber, Vader is toying with Luke and he quickly gains the upper hand, whilst Luke loses his to Vader's blade. See what I did there? That's, great. That's quality, isn't it? That's right in, that is. That's a, I hope you're going to put this amount of effort into the Blackest Night shows. I have Because you're doing all of this. I am? Yeah. Vader tells Luke that he is his father and they can overthrow the Emperor and rule the galaxy together. Luke elects to throw himself off the gantry rather than join Vader. Leia, Chewie, Lando, R2 and C-3PO make it to the Falcon as Luke hangs onto a convenient weather vane just below Cloud City. Vader communicates through the Force, but Luke shuts him out and calls to Leia. Surprisingly, Leia hears him and orders the Falcon back against Lando's protests. They find Luke and lower him into the Falcon and take off, pursued by TIE fighters. The Falcon's hyperdrive is still not working and they're taking a pounding. R2-D2 saves the day again and the Falcon disappears. Vader turns and leaves. On the Rebel medical frigate, Luke gets a new hand and Lando and Chewie take off for Tatooine to find Han Solo. What do you think of this episode, Michael? Um, it's an issue! <laughs> that too. <laughs> or a chapter or a part oh shut up and get on with it. it it doesn't show Luke losing his hand but it shows him losing you wrote him it, dude. his lightsaber it shows him dropping his lightsaber but not his hand where does it show him dropping his lightsaber it shows you his lightsaber flying oh yeah it shows you his lightsaber flying off mm-hmm. but you don't actually see his hand get cut so you think his hand would be wrapped around his lightsaber wouldn't you oh, yeah. yes um, when I was a kid Gary Mansfield and I used to have big fights 
Brexit in big fights. We had minor skirmish. Well, we had a couple of minor verbal disagreements. Well, all right. He used to think no. that you had to keep your hand on the lightsaber for it to be ignited, whereas I thought that was plainly not true. Actually, I don't mind that theory. Do you know? It's not true, though, because we've seen people throw lightsabers. Maybe they're keeping the pressure on it with the force. You think? Yeah. yeah. When have we seen them throw lightsabers? In the game... Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed, you have to throw your lightsaber. It's better when you like hang them up in the air with the force and then you just throw your lightsaber and it impales <laughs> them in mid-air. That's it. That's it's amazing. It's a bit mean. You never know, you like, kick them up and then move them over to an edge and then let go. You must suppose you could do. It's fun. It's fun. Yes, I have done that. Yeah, yeah, lifted him over a cliff and then dropped him. <laughs> yeah. Or left him with him over a gantry and dropped him. That yeah. is that is pretty cool. Throw them up in the air or throw them down. Force the Unleashed was quite a good game. I've not played Force Unleashed 2. Oh, uh, it's not so good apparently. Is it? No. Oh, okay. Learning that Vader was Luke's dad was more of a shocking moment in the film than it is here. But was it shocking to you? When you watched Empire the first time, did you go, ah! No. You do normally. Ah! Oh, I'm only kidding. So it wasn't a surprise to you, really, was it? I was like four, and so I'd been raised knowing that. Vader yeah, it is. Dad, it is a bit so. of a cack thing that that you already know that. Yeah. Because it's kind of hard to explain to you DVD digital children. Damn you! And I was gonna get off my lawn. I was raised with videos that we had to wait three years to find out if it was his dad, Gary Mansfield. Hello, Gary, if you're listening. Doubt that you are, but you never know. You mention him a lot in this one, don't I? Yeah. Well, I did go watch Empire with him. He thought it was lying, and he thought the other was harm, if memory serves. The other what? The other that Yoda talks about. There is another. Oh, I actually have something to say about that. Do you? This ending mm-hmm. annoys me. Why? Okay, because he, he, like, Luke talks to Leia with the Force, right? Yes. And it's kind of hinted at that she's kind of the other Jedi, the other one, right? Yes. But it's never actually said whether she is or not. <laughs> it says so, it in Return of the Jedi. But we don't know if she's a Jedi or not. She never uses the Force or anything. No. Interesting. I mean, we'll talk about this more when we do our Jedi show next week. But in the novel for Return of the Jedi, yeah. they do actually go into that a bit more, that the Force is strong with her. Yeah. And that the way she was able to resist the mind probe in Star Wars uh. was because she was strong with the Force. Okay. And there is a section there where she she does think, how, how did I ever go through that? Why did I not talk? And it's established that retroactively it's because she was strong with the Force. And that's also why Vader just didn't kill her. Because even though he didn't know that it was his daughter, there was some residual Force thing, though, that stopped him from doing it. Yeah. Which is bogus, quite clearly, because Lucas had no idea that they were twins when he made Star Wars. Because I don't think he would have included as many kissing scenes. But what are the odds... Of, I mean, in this, he mm. falls. Lando doesn't just grab him, but he falls. So what's the odds of the Falcon getting there in time and then Lando actually catching Luke? What are the odds of Han finding him on a planet full of Hoth? Hoth, planet full of snow. The odds that he should just happen to bump into Luke. I so. so I think if we're talking coincidence... <laughs> Bobba is playing both sides, which is nice to see. It's nice that he's a scumbag through and through. He's getting paid by both the Empire and Jabba the Hutt to bring Han Solo in. He's a clever guy. He's a clever guy. Getting paid twice for one job. Eh? That's pretty cool, that, isn't it? I wish I could get paid twice for doing the same job. He is, yeah. (laughs) Getting eaten by a Sarlacc, not quite. Makes him a role model. You show me a Sarlacc. Later, when you're older. I found it a bit much that Luke recognised it was Han frozen in carbonite from that distance. Yeah. I mean, if you actually have a look at this, 
is some considerable way away. Way away. Way away. Um, the, and yeah. really, the three troopers and the Cloud City guys are actually covering the body from Luke's point of view. I don't... Does he recognise him in the film? He doesn't, does he? He doesn't know that they're carrying Han in the film. Which makes more sense, really. He doesn't... Or at least he doesn't say, It's Han! Han! Gosh, that's Han Solo, sir. That's not cricket. (laughs) No, that's Han Solo. (laughs) Tabletop. Um, During the battle, Vader cops to killing Luke's family. Which is a lie. Vader didn't kill Beru and Owen, nor did he kill Padme. Note, this is the only time Vader lies to Luke in the entire saga, compared to Obi-Wan who lies all the He's time. He's a better father than Obi-Wan. This dialogue is not in the film. Granted, he did try to kill both of his children. Yeah, um, he does try to kill both of his children, yeah. It's, it's quite true. The, when Luke's hanging off the gantry, Obi-Wan has, Obi-Wan has taught you well. You've controlled your fear. Now release your anger. I destroyed your family. Now take your revenge. He didn't do that, did he? Maybe he's lying to him to get him angry. He could be. He could be lying to him to make him angry. But Luke knows that Vader didn't kill his family. I mean, in fact, how does, how does Vader even know about Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru? I mean, Luke just showed up and you were on fire. Yeah, was it just think the stormtroopers that did it went to Darth Vader and said, Hey, we killed some old dudes today, Darth. Hey, that was real fun. And Vader went, oh, Really? What were their names? Oh, Owen, Owen Lars and Baru Lars. <laughs> we burned them to a crisp. And then Vader went, Really? Force choked them. One of them was Stormtrooper Gary. Because Vader, according to the prequels, knew Baru and Owen. So, yeah, because a little laughing Annie. So that makes no sense that he would say that. So it's probably wise that they cut it from the film. To be honest with you, um, as we've already said, Luke losing his hand is off-panel in the comic. So apparently they were allowed to show somebody getting the hand cut off in a U-rated movie, but not in a comic book. Because that's the same in Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah. Which the, Star Wars was a PG? One of the prequels, Revenge of the Sith, I think, was a PG. No, that was a twelve. Was it? Because we couldn't watch it in primary school one time. Because it was a 12. Someone br- it was like in year four and some dude brought it in on DVD and we couldn't watch it because it was a 12. That sucks. Just a bit. They wouldn't let you watch Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Huh? Oh, dear. It's like when I was a kid and I went to rent Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, somebody had slapped a 15 certificate on that film. Why? Despite the fact that it was cut in England. But, and the woman behind the counter wasn't going to rent it to me and there was a kid I swear to you there was a like a teenage lad playing on the video game in the in the um, in the video shop and yeah. it was Star Wars and she said can I rent this to him and he said it's Star Trek it'll be fine and she lent she rented it to me because of that and I don't know why it's 15 because they cut all of they cut it in this country the bit where the slug comes out of um, Chekhov's ear yeah. they cut all that Okay. And they cut the bit out where Khan puts it in his ear. But this country was crap in the 80s because of bloody Margaret Thatcher and a video nasty censorship. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was cut. Yeah. Evil Dead was banned. Oh, yeah, it was. What ridiculousness was this? Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned. Yeah, but, I mean, you know what? You know Adam, right? Laughed all the way through Saw. <laughs> Adam laughed all the way through Saw. He watched Evil Dead. <laughs> he hid under his pillows and asked me, could I turn it off because it was too nasty for him? I think Evil Dead's a bit campy by today's standards, isn't it? He got scared. Tree by rape? It. He asked me to turn it off, though. Yeah, well, okay, fair enough. 
Uh, the super special ends wreck. with yes, tree wreck. Ends with a poster shot of Darth Vader. The same shot is used on the cover of issue 39, the first issue of the Empire Adaptation. Someone must have liked this piece of art, because it will be used again in the Return of the Jedi Super Special three years hence. Uh, a poster of Luke that is really a cheat, being just an enlarged still from the comic, and an advert for other Marvel comic books, Shogun Warriors, Rom Space Knight, the Uncanny X-Men, The Mighty Thor, The Amazing Spider-Man and Captain America are all being advertised at the back of this. Yeah, X-Men's the only one I've read. Uh, I think I've read all of them. Oh no, I've not. I've not read Shogun Warriors or Rom, issue 9. I've never read Rom. I won issue 1 of Rom on eBay just this week okay. for the low, low price of 99 pence, which I was quite excited about. Um, I've never read that issue of Thor, but I've, got, I've read that Captain America and that Spider-Man. And I've read X-Men. And that issue of X-Men, yeah. Well, that's Dark Phoenix, isn't it? The end of it, yeah. It's advert for the last issue of Dark Phoenix. Uh, the back cover is just a shot of some at-at walkers. Issue 44 follows exactly the same pattern as all the other issues in the Empire Strikes Back series. A new cover, a credit splash page, and an additional page of art to make up the page count. The cover and the splash are both shots of Luke and Vader dueling, but in a reversal of the other issues, the cover is much better than the splash page. Possibly because of the colouring. Yeah, I thought that too. The colouring's pretty cool on that cover, isn't it? I do find it interesting in your... Well, it's not yours, it's mine. Mm. But in the Dark Horse reprints of this Marvel comic series, they've blacked out all reference to Marvel comics. And instead of Stan Lee Presents, it says Lucasfilm Presents. Okay. Which I found... I found it interesting. I don't know whether anyone else would. Um, I'm surprised they didn't use these as posters in a super special, to be honest with you, because they did have the pages to do it, and they're much better than the posters that we got given. Um, The additional page of art in this is the absolutely gorgeous shot of the Millennium Falcon yeah. that you mentioned earlier on. Um, the Falcon heading back to Cloud City flanked by TIE Fighters. What? Uh, it adds nothing to the story, but by God, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. That's the best one. Ever. That's the best additional page of art in all six. That's just fantastic. I that just would be a brilliant poster. What's your flaw? Look at Cloud City. Hmm. Look at it going down. Hmm. Oh, smoke. Where did Cloud City go? Oh, well, that's Al Williamson's art. He does leave vast chunks of white in the corners of his art. Oh, I don't even mean that. And I think that's, I think that's fine. Well, it's just, it's just disappearing no, into the clouds. Not, to say that's all that yellow clouds. stuff is behind, and then suddenly Cloud City's cut off. Maybe Cloud City levitates. Maybe but, it's but maybe it's been held up by the force. It does, but if you look, that should at least go thinner and thinner and thinner, like we know it does, instead of just cutting off where the smoke yeah, is. You know, who cares? Me? It's still mightily pretty. In Not terms of uh, it's. Oh, I, I just can't believe that now. Because oh, of that one flaw. Because of that, it's ruined it for you. Yeah. That one flaw. Um, I can't take any of it seriously now. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, This is a much more faithful adaptation of the film than Star Wars, with not as much added, but that could be because Empire doesn't have as much cut out of the movie. Uh, The art is stunning throughout. The scripting's competent within the framework of the adaptation. Not as many liberties are taken with the characterisation as in the first one, and it's a jolly good read. 
or at least I think it is. Uh, my super special for this is again falling to bits, isn't it? Yeah. The centre pages have come loose of the staples, and the cover looks like a good sneeze would loosen it from the staples. It's not really in very good condition. Um, mainly because, once again, I read this over and over, waiting for the sequel. Three years! Three? Three years we had to wait. Diddums. Yes. I was I was only eight years old when The Empire Strikes Back came out. Okay. So I will have been 11 when Jedi came out. 11 years old. It probably wasn't worth the wait. It was. I like Return of the Jedi. You're the only one. Yep, no. Oh, no. Don't that, tell that's me. Jaws, isn't it? Yeah. Don't tell me you're the person who thinks Phantom Menace is good as well. I don't dislike oh. any of the Star Wars films, to be honest oh. with you. I, I like, I think they have merits, all of them. They have oh. flaws, all of them as well. Oh, yeah. But, you know. Phantom I'm not, Menace. I'm not a Lucas apologist, but nor am I a Lucas hater either. After the release of the Empire adaptation, this is when I started reading the Star Wars comics more regularly. Because uh, at this point, it stopped being Star Wars Weekly and became the Empire Strikes Back Weekly. And then it stopped being the Empire Strikes Back Weekly and became Star Wars Monthly. When Return of the Jedi came out, it would become Return of the Jedi Weekly. Okay. When it was Star Wars Monthly, it was a 40-odd, 50-page black-and-white monthly magazine printing one full Star Wars issue and one full Indiana Jones issue okay. in every month. So that was Star Happy Wars days. Was because they didn't have enough Star Wars material to fill out 50 pages. So the 22-page Star Wars story, 22-page Indiana Jones story, plus letters played, plus adverts, okay. there was your 50 pages. Fair it was good when it did that. It's like Dark Horse only publishes Star Wars comics now. They don't only publish. Instead of Dark Horse, they just rename themselves to Buffy Star Wars comics. <laughs> I quite, quite like a Buffy Star Wars crossover, to be honest with you. Right. I think that would be quite funny. Um, we used to do that all the time in England, though. Spider-Man, no. Spider-Man became Spider-Man TV comic oh, okay. when the 1970s TV show was on and reached its nadir when they renamed the Spider-Man Weekly Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Oh, when the Spider-Man is Amazing Flame Friends Bird cartoon. Ice no, Flame Bird and Night, Nightbird and Flamewing got the other one from Krypton. It's the Ice Dude. Iceman and yeah. Firestar. Firestar. Amazing Friends. Not Starfire. Along with Ms. Lion. No, Starfire is in the Titan. So you get like... Kids would be God. Well, what killed me about that was it was originally supposed to be Spider-Man, Iceman and the Human Torch, but they thought the Human Torch flaming on would make kids set themselves on fire. Despite the fact he'd been publishing comics for 20 years and no kid had ever been dumb enough to do that, so they created Firestar instead. I don't see the difference. It's still somebody setting themselves on fire. Yeah. Maybe they thought girls wouldn't do it, so they made... Um, Firestar a girl. So they're saying that us dudes are stupid enough to set ourselves on fire? Yes. If you spend a day at our house, I suppose you could. I suppose you would too, yes. (laughs) Um, It was a very good adaptation, and I have fond memories of it, and I thoroughly enjoyed rereading it again for our lovely show. We hope that you all enjoyed it as well. Next week, we round out our Star Wars extravaganza with a look at the comic adaptation of Return of the Jedi. What's a ganza? What's a what? Well, to be honest, extravaganza. You put extra on the front of it, meaning it's a better ganza. It's, it's a veganza. It's a veganza. Right, okay. I don't know what a veganza is, but I like it. Fair enough. I don't know much, but I know I like it. Or something like that. Anyway, take a drink every time I say anyway. 
<laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. What did you like better, Jedi or The Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Blasphemy. Empire had the better ending. I mean, Luke gets his hand cut off, finds out Vader's his father, a uh, hand gets frozen, take away by Boba Fett. It ends on such a down note. I mean, that's what life is, a series of down endings. All, all Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. All music used in the show is copyright by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this. They do it simply for fun and because they have too much spare time. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and nobody else. We can be emailed on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com and our website is www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com You can friend us on Facebook by going to Hey Kids, all one name, comics, all one name. Oh, Han Solo.